All right, uh, we're going to get started. Turn over to look at Job real quickly. Uh, one thing I want to throw out real quickly, a few things that are happening in the, in the, in the world. I want you, I, I'm, I'm not going to get tied in here. Be aware of what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. Be aware. Pay very close attention. There's speculation that a nuclear device will be detonated over in Ukraine. I'm not saying it will. I'm just saying there's been, have you heard this? <clears throat> okay, Russia has went on, it's all over Russia TV that Russia is saying that Ukraine is going to detonate a nuclear device in one of the cities there. Supposedly it's already played. Now this is coming from Russia. This, I, I'm not, no source or nothing. But, but they've already placed a nuclear device in one of the cities in Ukraine to be detonated like a, a dirty bomb. And then they're going to blame Russia for this. And then it's going to try to draw NATO into this war. All right. This is something... Uh, need to be praying about. I'm not saying that it's going to happen. I'm just saying that this is out there. All right. This is out there. So be aware. Stage is being set. Everything is beginning to fall into place. Amen. Uh, we're going to see the word of God is coming to pass just as Jesus, as, as word, God's word said it would. Amen. And so these things are happening. I'm not going to get tied up here this morning, though. I just want you to be aware of that. Uh, uh, and be praying about this situation. Over in the book of Job, amen. We're going to turn to the book of Job, Job chapter 1, all right? There was a man in the land of, how do you pronounce that? U-Z, us, U-Z, us? I'd pronounce it us too, but I wouldn't, you know. Whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. So the Bible tells us that there's a, a man by the name of Job and he was righteous and says he was upright. He shunned evil. He tried to listen to God's voice and he tried to do everything that was pleasing unto God. And if you read the story, Job even would go and, and uh, because he had sons and daughters and he knew his sons and daughters might trip up and make a mistake, that Job stood in the gap for his sons and daughters and offered sacrifices on their behalf even. Amen. And Job tried to cover all his bases with God. But the Bible says if we read on, read on down to chapter, uh, excuse me, to verse 6, it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? And there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. Now, the Bible says that Satan went in with the sons of God. Now, we can get all into it and go in this way and that way. There's, let, me, let me say this. The Bible is true for every word, I believe. There are things in here that we might not understand, but every word in that Bible is true. It has been preserved. People have given their life for this Bible. Understand that. For what is written in this book, people have surrendered their life. I want you to have a precise understanding of that right now. This is no ordinary book. People have been willing to lay their life down and surrender their life 
for the words that are written on this page and the things that are contained within the binders of this book. And we take this book, and I'm as guilty as anyone, and we lay it down somewhere, and it'll sit there until you get ready to go to church on a Sunday morning. I will leave it in my bag for days. We take this book for granted and the words that are written on the pages thereof. If we only understood what was in the pages of this book, you would never want to put it down. And you would want to absorb everything that was written in it and be a container for these words. But we will leave it lay for days on end without touching it. That's not my message. That's just there. So we see that Satan went before the Lord and God said to Satan, Hey, uh, where you been? He said, I've been, I've been to and fro on the earth. I've been walking back and forth. I've been just kind of checking things out and seeing what's going on. And God said, Well, in all your goings and comings, have you considered my servant Job? And Satan goes on to say, Yeah, I've considered him. I see that you got a hedge built around him, and I can't touch him. Now, we're going somewhere with this because I, I want you to listen carefully, all right? Now, I'm not going to stay here in the book of Job, but we're going to go on. But so it says, So Satan answered Job and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you made a hedge around him, around his house, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. And we know the story of Job and what happened right there. Amen. But Satan first had to seek out permission from God before he could do anything to Job. Anything he did, he had to go before God and say, Hey, uh, I can't do this because you've got him hedged in. And I can't touch him. Now I want to turn it over to Genesis chapter 6. I want you to keep that in mind. Or Genesis chapter 50. We all know the story of Job, right? You've heard the story of Job at some point in your life. Job lost his sons, his daughters, all of his possessions. Lost his health to an extent. Amen. He had friends that came and told him everything that he did wrong and everything that he should have done and that everything that happened to him was his fault. Job even started complaining, well, I, there must be something wrong with me. It would have been better if, if I'd never been born. It would all be a lot better if I'd never entered into this world. And finally God begins to speak to Job and say, Job, I want you to sit down and I want you to listen to me. I'm going to tell you what you don't know. I'm going to tell you exactly 
uh, some of the things that you don't know. And God began to tell Job everything, uh, lay out a, a list of everything that Job might have thought he knew, but he really didn't know. Amen? Some of us can fit into that category where we think we know, but we really don't know. We think we have an understanding, but we, we really don't. We think we got everything figured out a lot of times, and we really have nothing figured out. And when we think we don't have anything figured out, we start to blame God for the things that we can't figure out, that we thought we did have figured out, but now we know we don't have an understanding of. Everybody follow me? <laughs> but Job began to tell, or excuse me, God began to tell Job, all this, and, and you can read the end of Job, but what I'm getting to is I want to turn over to Genesis chapter 50. Genesis chapter 50. And it says, we're going to begin, uh, let's go to Genesis chapter 50, and we're just going to begin in verse 18. It says, Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. And Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for I am in the place of God. But as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. In order to bring it, uh, to bring it about, it is this day, as it is this day, to save many people. Therefore, Now therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Now this is the story of Joseph. Everybody remember the story of Joseph? Amen. Joseph was highly favored of his father. And Joseph was, uh, 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 you know, one of the sons there. And his brothers hated him. And they even talked about killing him. I mean, that's just bad, man. When your own family, they don't just want to, you know, kick you out of the house, but they literally want to take your life. And the, finally, they just came up with the plan and said, well, we're not going to kill him, but we're going to throw him in a pit. And we'll let's see what happens from there. And then one of the, was it Reuben, I believe, that went back? Reuben went back and said, look, I can't just leave him in the pit. So he sold him into slavery. He sold him into slavery. And everybody thought Joseph was gone. Joseph's dad thought he had been torn up by the wild animals as they brought his coat back. And so Joseph is there in Egypt. And while he's there in Egypt, amen, he, uh, he, he you know, we know the story of, uh, of uh, Potiphar's wife tries to make advances to Joseph. And Joseph said, not going to happen. I'm out of here. You know, caught his coat and tore his coat and said, hey, this guy tried to make advances towards me. Charge, false charges was brought against him. Joseph goes to prison, is in prison for a while. Amen? You have to be scratching your head. What in the world's going on? I didn't do anything to deserve this. Amen? Some of us here will say, I didn't do, I didn't do anything to deserve this. He loses his family, loses his freedom, loses everything except he held on to God. He didn't lose his God. Amen? He didn't lose his God. I want you to grab a hold of this this morning. 
Job lost everything. He lost his family. He lost his possessions. He lost his health. But he didn't lose his God. Joseph goes into slavery. He loses his family. He loses his freedom. But he didn't lose his God. Amen? In verse 20 it says, But as for you, speaking to his brothers, you meant evil against me. Now we will use the term uh, of uh, what the enemy means for evil. God will make, turn around and make it for our good. Right? And that's exactly what Joseph is saying here. He says, you, you meant evil against me, but God had other plans. God had other plans. And I didn't see the other plans while I was sitting in the jail cell, so to speak. I didn't see the other plans when I was in the pit and Reuben came and sold me into slavery. Job would say, I didn't see the other plans when I lost my family and when I lost my house and my possessions and when I lost my house, I didn't see the other plans. But Joseph said, what you meant for evil, God meant it for good. And what you may be going through this morning, the enemy may mean it for evil, but God can and will turn that situation around and make it for your good. Not only for your good, amen, but for the good of others. Because Joseph went into captivity, into slavery, endured hardship, endured false accusations, endured all these things in order because God had a plan. That Joseph was going to bring in his family during a time of famine. And he was going to shelter them. And they were going to multiply. And they were going to be exceedingly great. Exceedingly great. Now I'm not going to keep you very long this morning, but I want you to have an understanding of that this morning. God has plans for your life. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. You might not understand. You might have to endure. You know, the older I get, you know, I, I've been dealing with a few things on my, uh, myself. The older I get, the more I don't understand, but the more I have to trust God. I don't understand it, but I stand upon His Word that what the enemy means for evil... God's going to turn around for my good. And not only my good, but for somebody else's good. See, you're going, to, you're going to be a witness to somebody. Some point in your life, it's going to come your turn to say, I know what you're going through. I know the, I know the God that I serve brought me out of the place that you're in. And I'm here as a witness unto you that God's word is true and God's word is sure and God's promises are yea and amen. And God will not abandon you. 
Amen. I want to take you real quickly, and I'm going to get you guys out of here by in 10 minutes. Take you to Revelation chapter 12. I want you to understand this this morning. Folks, there's things, there's things I could tell you that you wouldn't believe. You wouldn't believe. But they're a part of God's word. And I'm not going to get into that today. I won't even get into that today. I just, I'm looking at this scripture here in Revelation chapter 12. We're going to look at verse 7. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was there a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels was cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now the salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accuse him before our God day and night has been cast down. You have an accuser before God. One that accuses you or makes accusations against you before God. And when I, I was, I've been going, like I said, I've been dealing with some issues of my own and stuff. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I've been getting into the Word and studying the Word and, and praying and, and seeking after the Lord. And there's a term that we use that come to my mind, but it's not a term necessarily in the Bible, but it's a term that you will hear used in, in uh, uh, Pentecostal churches, non-denominational churches, and it, it's, I plead the blood. Now there's no actual reference to that term in the Bible, but I've been pleading the blood. You see, the enemy goes before God as an accuser to make accusations against you. It's a very much a legal term. And he makes accusations against you before God. And that term plead is a legal term. You go before a judge and you plead your case or you plead your guilt or your innocence. One of the questions that a judge will ask you is you've been accused of a crime and you go into the courtroom and one of the first questions that they will ask you is how do you plead? And you will say, I, I plead innocent, I plead, plead guilty, or I plead no contest. The enemy has gone before you and he has legal access into the, into the throne room of the Father. You see him as he goes before God with the sons of God over in the book of Job. That as the sons of God entered in before God the Father, here comes Satan right along with him. And God says, where have you been? I've been walking the earth. And before Satan even has a chance to say anything to God about Job, God says, well, have you considered my servant Job? And he says, yeah. 
I have. But I can't bring an accusation against him because you have him hedged in. You have him covered and I can't bring an accusation against him because you won't allow me to. So God says, all right, there you go. But the Bible over here in Revelation says that we have an accuser of the brethren that goes before God to accuse you, to make accusations against you. And I would encourage you to begin to plead the blood. I plead the blood. It's not a term you're going to find in the Bible. And as far as I know, it originated somewhere around the 1900s. This term originated around the 1900s when the Pentecostal movement began to be birthed, if you will. But I plead the blood. When you hear our pastor prayer, where you hear a lot of people pray, you're going to hear that term, I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood. It's a legal term, that, 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 and I'm not saying that there's any more power or any less power, but it's a, it's a term that we use, and it's, we got no other discourse, and we got no, I'm not going to plead innocent, and I'm not going to plead guilty, but I plead the blood. I plead the blood of Jesus that was shed for the remission of my sins. I plead the blood of Jesus over, over my health and over my, my family this morning. Amen. I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind. I plead the blood. I stand upon God's word and I plead the blood this morning. Why? Because oh, if you read on there in Revelations chapter 12 and... and uh, and it says in verse, uh, in verse 10 again, it's, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of, of His Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Amen. The word of their testimony, amen, or the word of their testament, amen. What is your testament or what is your testimony, amen? My testimony is I was a sinner saved by grace, amen. My testimony is I was lost but now I'm found, amen. I was blind but now I see, amen. I was hurt and I was broken and I was wounded, amen. But my testimony is I have a Savior. His name is Jesus and He came and He found me and He bound my wounds. Amen. And He set my broken bones back together. Amen. And He touched my heart and when my heart was stony and when my heart was hard and when my heart was nothing but I wanted to fight and hurt somebody that He gave me the heart of Christ. Amen. To where now I have compassion. Amen. To where now I want to reach out and help and, and help Him. Amen. What's your testimony this morning? Begin to speak it. Begin to speak the word of God. Amen. Because God's word is greater than any other authority that you're going to come up against. How do you plead your case this morning? Amen. I simply plead the blood. Amen. I plead the blood over this church and I plead the blood over you and anybody that has a sickness this morning. I plead the blood of mercy and grace over them this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. I simply plead the blood because I got nothing else to do. I've 
got no way to defend myself or anything else, amen. We're all worthy, amen, of nothing except by the grace of God. You're worthy of nothing except by the grace of God. But because His blood was shed, now I am worthy. Now I am worthy. Now I'm worthy, amen, of the grace, of God's mercy, of God's healing of the manifestation of God's power. God's moving by His might and by His Spirit, and you're going to see angels begin to move. I'm telling you, as sure as I'm standing here, you're going to begin to see angels begin to move. Amen. Because the time is coming. Amen. If you read on over in the book of Revelation, you see where angels are being released. Amen. Now, some of these angels are being released. There's angels in the in, in, over by the... Uh, hey, I'm not saying this is real. Well, I'm not even going to go there. Folks, there's stuff happening. There's stuff happening that you wouldn't believe, but it's happening. And God's going to release His ministering angels. There's an anointing that's coming on this earth that you're not going to believe. Because there's an evil that's coming, you also are not going to believe. But you're going to see the hand of God move. You're going to see the hand of God move. I hope this has made some sense to you today. Whatever you're going through, whatever you feel like you're experiencing, I want you to remember the story of Job this morning. I want you to remember... Job lost everything, but he didn't lose his God. Jacob lost everything, but he didn't lose his God. There was a time that David lost everything, but he didn't lose his God. Amen. There's, if you go through and you'll research some of the greatest uh, leaders in the Bible, they lost everything, but they didn't lose God. And in the end, God turned what was meant for evil. He turned it around for them and it, it, it became good for them. Amen. It was for their good. They didn't recognize it at the time and maybe you don't recognize it at the time. But what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it around and make it for your good. Amen. And not only your good, but He's going to make it for the good of others that you come into contact with. Amen. And you're the, But you will overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. And when God finally releases your tongue, amen, when you finally begin to open up, you're going to begin to release a testimony, amen, that's going to be life-changing for people. Get ready. When you finally open up and say, you know what? This is what God's done for me, and I don't care who knows it. You're going you're gonna to be, a, a, you're going to see people drawn to you and want to hear what you have to say. Amen? 
But don't let the things of this world get you down. Don't let the things of this world get you down. No weapon formed against you shall prosper in the name of Jesus. If we only, I said earlier, if we only understood the power that was within these pages. If you only understood the love and the grace and the healing and everything that is within these pages, you'd never put it down. And you'd speak it every day. And everybody that you come in contact with, you'd say, hey, you know, I understand, but God has, a, God has an answer to your problem. God has an answer to your problem. Amen? God is good this morning. God loves you this morning. God's grace and His mercy are extended. I believe, I believe we're living in the period of the dispensation of grace. And I believe we're right on the edge of seeing that withdrawn. That once we, I never will forget, I believe it was Brother Brown pre preached a message one time. And it's, uh, it, I don't know the exact terms that he used, but it, it's when, when the grace ends, judgment begins. When the, when the grace ends, judgment begins. That there's going to come a time when God's grace is going to say, all right, that's, that's enough. And judgment will begin. Judgment will begin. I believe we're on the cusp of seeing that take place. Amen? I want you to walk in the power and the love of your God this morning. Never lose, never lose your God. Never give up on God. Never give up on God. God is in it till the very end with you. He says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of this age. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. God's with you. Thank you.